0: Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's Friday, September 4th. Tomorrow's Cutdown Day, and welcome to Locked On Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Our first order of business here on the show, we're dedicating some significant time to talking about quarterback Josh Rosen in what may be his final week as a Miami Dolphin, because the news came out yesterday that he may once again be on the move. This is a surprising story for me because we've talked at length about the dynamics of what getting Josh Rosen here was like, what the Dolphins spent to do that, and what their opportunities forecasting him forward could look like if they played their cards right. But the Dolphins may be deciding it's time to muck those cards and start a new hand. This weekend is shaping up to be an unpredictable one for the Miami Dolphins. It's cut-down weekend. The Dolphins must get their roster down to 53 players. But along the way, we may see a surprising deal or two. The Dolphins are reportedly fielding trade inquiries for quarterback Josh Rosen. This news came yesterday morning, courtesy of ESPN's Adam Shafter. The tweet saying, with Dolphins rookie quarterback Tuatunga Valoa healthy, the Dolphins have fielded trade inquiries in recent days for former first-round pick Josh Rosen per league sources. In an upcoming weekend of moves, Rosen could be on the move. Again, this would mark the second time that Rosen is traded in just three NFL seasons. A surreal start to his NFL career despite previously being a top 10 overall pick. Given Rosen's struggles to this point in his career, the news that the Dolphins would be receptive to trading him isn't necessarily a huge surprise, but then again it is when you consider what the Dolphins invested to bring Rosen into the building. The team... Traded back in the 2019 NFL Draft in the second round and sent that 62nd overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft to the Arizona Cardinals along with a fifth round pick for the rights to Rosen. Rosen started just a handful of games this year and generally looked overwhelmed in offensive coordinator Chad O'Shea's complex Patriots backed system. Rosen did ignite some hope that his career might not be toast just yet by looking better in 2020 training camp in a simplified offense under Chan Gailey. But the problem is Gailey is Rosen's seventh offensive coordinator in five years. That's a lot of offenses to learn, a lot of language to learn. And with the Dolphins drafting Tonga with the number five overall pick, the writing is on the wall that Rosen's future is not here in Miami. But with no preseason games and no opportunities to showcase Rosen in a new offense, the question becomes, what can the Dolphins return for Josh Rosen? And that is what makes the news of their receptiveness to trading him so surprising, because one would assume, based on the last tape that Rosen had the chance to put on display, teams will not be willing or receptive to giving anything close to what the Dolphins traded for Rosen, to get Rosen this time around. So if the Dolphins decide to trade Rosen and carry two quarterbacks on the active roster entering the 2020 season, there will be some sunk cost involved. But if that's the cost that is required for the Dolphins to finally solve their quarterback situation, then so be it. There are advocates for spending a draft pick in every NFL draft on a quarterback until you find a definitive answer at the position. But with Tungvaloa having durability issues, a general school of thought would embrace that Rosen is more valuable to the Dolphins given his insurance, his talent as a top 10 pick, his ability to serve as a backup for Tungavaloa for the next two years on the cheap, than what he would be to any other team in the league. This will be a fascinating subplot to watch, and we have a little over 24 hours before we will probably have some level of resolution. With NFL teams due by Saturday at 4 p.m. to cut down their rosters, the Dolphins would probably make this decision sooner rather than later, especially knowing that there is the opportunity to keep someone else on the active roster and not expose them to the waivers if they're able to get a deal done in a timely manner. So the price must be right for the Dolphins, or the Dolphins must have seen enough to decide it is time to embrace the sunk cost involved, embrace that we have a new face of the franchise in Tongue of Aloha to move forward with, and that Rosen and the pick traded to get him is simply collateral along the way if we see this deal materialize before the cutdown date. Before we dive any further into the dynamics of Josh Rosen and, and where the Dolphins go from here and what this might look like if it does materialize, I need to remind everybody about the greatness that is Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes and eats like a candy bar. These things were the best bar my lips have ever touched. And then they went out and completely overhauled and revamped the formula for creating Built Bars. And now they return 12 classic flavors and debuted six more. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, you're on the keto diet, you're looking for something to eat post-workout, or you just like eating delicious things, Built Bar can serve you well with protein bars that have less than 200 calories per bar, have up to 20 grams of protein per bar, and have one-seventh of the grams of carbs and sugars of your typical protein bars. So, visit builtbar.com and use promo code locked on to save $10 off your next order and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. That's builtbar.com, promo code locked on to save $10 off your next order. So, let's have this conversation. Let's talk about where Rosen might go if he does get traded. Let's talk about what they might be able to get if they do decide to trade him. I think the first thing you have to do is you have to look at potential trade partners for Josh Rosen. And what are the destinations that make sense for him? The conclusions that I come to are the kinds of teams that are in win-now windows and they're backed up against the salary cap. Because a guy like Rosen, you can find a potential heir, you got an older quarterback who's making veteran money, And you have that opportunity to transition to a young guy without having to be in position to pick one highly. It's what the Dolphins were hoping to do when they rolled the dice on Rosen in the first place. Now the Dolphins weren't strapped against the cap, but the Dolphins also had $65 million in dead cap last year. Because they had to cut all these bad rosters or bad contracts off their roster. So I think about a team like the New Orleans Saints, who the Dolphins have done a lot of business with in recent years. Obviously, they have the connection with Jeff Ireland there. And the Saints, these two teams flipped Kiko Alonso for Vince Beagle ahead of last season. These two teams, ironically enough, kickstarted the trade process in the 2019 draft that resulted in the Dolphins getting Rosen in the first place. Because it was the Saints who the Dolphins traded back with in the second round of the 2019 draft. And then the Dolphins sent that Saints second-round pick at 62 overall to the Cardinals for Rosen. Saints are plus $77 million against the Caps next year. They are $77 million over the cap at this point in time. They've got Jameis Winston on a one-year prove-it deal as a backup. Drew Brees has said 2020 will be his final season in the NFL. If you can get a quarterback that you were going to have to pay in 2021 less than $3 million for as a former top 10 overall pick, and you know you can get him in the building, he could sit behind Drew, he can absorb this process, Taysom Hill can continue to be your gadget quarterback, Jameis Winston is your backup. If Winston ever gets game time, Winston is going to New Orleans betting that he can command the starting job, but if he commands the starting job, they're going to have to pay him starting money, which they don't have. Rosen's locked in for two years. That is a potential succession plan for the Saints that is extremely low risk, especially if the Dolphins structure the trade right. Another team would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are in better cap situation than the Saints, but they aren't in pretty cap shape. Let's make no mistake about it. And the Steelers are another team that the Dolphins have recently done business with, sending Minka Fitzpatrick for a first-round pick last September. There's a little bit of a pipeline here. And you think about Ben Roethlisberger, his appealing traits. He missed last year with an injury to his throwing elbow. He's now back, but he's worth a lot of money against the cap. And he's also nearly 40 years old. The Steelers are going to have to make some tough choices against their cap with a lot of promising players, defensive players, keystone, cornerstone players like Bud Dupree and TJ Watt, Cam Hayward. These players need extensions. The Steelers don't have a ton of room. Could Rosen make sense here? You think about the appealing traits of Ben Roethlisberger, big, big arm, tall in the pocket, Rosen's a lot of those things, too. His vertical ability could mesh quite well with what Pittsburgh looks to do pushing the ball down the field. I have one more team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady. Could you think of a better quarterback for Josh Rosen to learn underneath than Tom Brady if you were to forecast him from here? Arians is another Steelers-style offense. Push that ball vertically. And for the first time in Rosen's career, he'd actually be in an environment where he's throwing to high-caliber players and surrounded by high-caliber players. The Buccaneers, another team up against the cap, win-now-window, old quarterback, succession plan in place. And once Tom Brady comes off the books, Rosen's scheduled to be a free agent because Tom is presumably going to play this year and next year. If he plays longer than that, God bless him. He's not in the AFC East anymore. I don't really care. But those are the kinds of teams that I think make the most sense. The Bucks are the least cash-strapped out of these teams. But they got to sign, like, Chris Godwin's on, like, a third-year or third-round pick rookie deal, and he needs a new contract. And Dominic and Sue, both their pass rushers, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Levante David. Like, they got a lot. They got to re-sign. So that cap space is going to dwindle in a hurry for a team in a win-now window. Having somebody cheap waiting in the wings might just be the ticket. So if you're trying to push the buttons as the Dolphins, if you want to field offers, make some phone calls, those are the first teams I'm calling. And I'm seeing how much interest I can drum up in how short amount of time. Because we're on the clock if we're going to get this thing done. So I can hear you now asking the question, Kyle, If we do get this thing done, what is it going to look like? What is a value for Josh Rosen that we should feel comfortable taking? And I don't think there's a simple answer here because as I've talked about a number of different times on this podcast, the Dolphins have not had the chance to showcase and rehabilitate Josh Rosen and his perception. So any team that's going to be jumping in on the action has to be doing so based on their own preconceived notions of what Josh Rosen was before he got into the league. Because there's certainly nobody that's going to be giving you anything of substance in a trade based off his 2019 tape. It's just not going to happen. (sighs) So if you were to try to trade Josh Rosen for a straight-up player... For pick swap, I don't think you're going to get very good value. You'll probably get negligible value. Josh Dobbs, formerly the Pittsburgh Steelers, he got traded for a five. That's the hope because Josh Dobbs getting traded for a five, Rosen has a much more significant ceiling than Josh Dobbs. So even though the tape is bad, Josh Dobbs didn't have good tape before he was traded, before Pittsburgh traded him for a five. So if you're Miami and you can look at and sell positional value and ceiling, maybe, maybe you can get a fourth-round value. If you offered me a fourth-round pick for Rosen straight up, I'm not taking it. That's not a good value for the Dolphins relative to what they've invested in him and what Rosen's value over the next two years for the Dolphins could be. But if we put a trade discussion through the same filter that Chris Greer put the Raekwon McMillan discussion through, I think you can open up the possibility of potentially finding a deal to be done. Chris Greer, of course, last weekend traded a 2021 fifth round pick and Raquan McMillan for the Raiders' fourth round pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Okay. Now, what happens? The Dolphins currently scheduled for the 2021 NFL Draft. They have two ones, two twos, a three, and two fours. What happens if the teams that are interested, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints, these teams are all teams that presumably are going to be picking in the back 10 to 15 spots. They're going to be playoff teams, most likely, in 2020. So if they're picking in the back 15 spots of the round, you're talking about a pick that's outside the top 75 in the third round of the draft. Let's call it hypothetically, Miami wants a three. Miami traded 62. You trade a pick that's a to- outside the top 75 but inside the top 100 for a year's worth of play and a roll of the dice on a draft pick, and you've just financed you know making the selection for two years, that's a reasonable roll of the dice. So let's pretend 85th pick is what this thing turns out to be. And let's say the Dolphins give Uh, the Raiders pick. Let's say the Dolphins are close to 500, Raiders are close to 500 picks just outside the top 10 of each round. Let's call it 105. Let's call it 20 picks later. According to the point value chart, the discrepancy between the 85th pick in the third round and that hypothetical Raiders pick sitting at 105 is the equivalence On the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart of 83 points. That is an early fourth round value, equal to the 104th pick in the NFL draft. So Miami could package an early four and a Rosen. And if you could trade up into the top 100, outside the top 75, to a playoff team, Maybe you can coax a team because they're getting a pick back with it. It's just a pick that comes later. And you as the Dolphins, from a trade value chart perspective, you're getting a value for Rosen that is an early four. But at the end of the day, you're flipping Rosen as an asset, and the asset that you get back is a couple picks later, 20-something picks later in the actual NFL draft. it just that pick comes two years later. Does that make sense? So if I were to move Josh Rosen, if I were to accept the deal, knowing that his value is going to be mitigated, I'm taking the same play out of the playbook that Chris Greer just used for Raquan McMillan, but I'm tethering a four with Rosen, and I'm trying to get a three. So that way, the Dolphins can have two ones, two twos, two threes, and one four. If the Dolphins have resided to move on, clear out some space in the quarterback room, they want to make it very clear who's getting the reps. They want to clear the path for Tua to become the franchise quarterback of the future. We want to recoup whatever cost and, and, and assets we can from this investment. That's how I'm trying to do it. I'm not overly interested in trading him straight up for a 5 or a 6. I don't think that return on investment moves the needle. But if you can use him as part of pairing an asset, much like Raekwon McMillan, to get a better asset, to get a higher asset, the Dolphins are a team that they covet volume in the early portions of the draft. We saw this in 2020. That's why they stood pat and made all six picks. And then they get into day three in the fourth round, and they're they're pairing fourth-round picks together to move up for Solomon Kinley. And they're jumping up for Curtis Weaver despite his red flag issues, and then they go on to cut him. Day three is the time for risks and ambition and big moves. But days one and two is the time for volume. That's where you find your starters. That's where you find potential impact players. Anything outside of that, you're playing with house money when you find positive contributors on your team, outside of special teams, guys. Rosen can be a chip thanks to the same playbook that we just saw the Dolphins use with Ray and McMillan, but you have to find a dance partner that's going to be willing to give you a three and get back a four and tether Rosen to that deal. That, for Miami, in my eye, is the best way to recoup reasonable return on investment if we're serious about making this deal happen. We'll find out soon enough. Kyle Krabs, thanks for listening. We'll see. We'll see if the trade goes through. We got cuts this weekend, so on Monday we're going to break down what the Dolphins roster looks like, so make sure you hit subscribe and keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy your weekends.